Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at it, Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Friday night. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brown Liquor Music Hour. You know how we do it on Fridays. We get the beat cranked up and get the dance party going. So Chuck Rose gets first quest. Little theme from Shaft. Because I'm talking about Shaft. Shut your mouth. Anyway, 404-726-0929. I like how this, I like like this beginning part and then how it just kind of gradually builds. Yeah, yeah, and then it gets, then it gets going. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I like the way that this thing, I always like the way that this thing built into the song, you know, and then it gets kind of cranked up and going. So, um, we're going to do rank them coming up at 1040 with you here. So we'll, uh. We'll get to all of that. We'll have a little bit of fun before we get to, out of here for a weekend. Uh, busy week next week. Again, we are uh, we won't have a show on Tuesday because of uh, Atlanta United soccer, but um, we'll obviously and we'll obviously get training camp started and all that good stuff. You know, next week. So um, be busy. It'll be a busy uh, week for us. So right now, Braves um, six to four. For Atlanta, Soroka is now officially out. So maybe an inning too long, you know. I mean, he had the, he had a, uh, you know, he'll only given up a couple of runs up through uh, five innings, and then they brought him out for one more, and he gives up a two-run homer. So six innings, six hits, four runs, two walks, four strikeouts. The home run he gave up, only eighty-seven pitches. So you know, again, pretty efficient. Uh, you know, all things considered, but. Only had uh, 87 pitches in the game uh, tonight, but probably left him out for just an inning too long. I know this this is an important series, and this is a going to be a pretty good series. And if you got you know Soroka pitching pretty well, you know he'd only thrown 70 some pitches, and you figure okay, I can squeeze one more inning out of Soroka. But um, again, they they still squeezed it out of him, and he's he's in line to pick up the win. But, you know, he gave up a couple of more runs. Now it's a little bit closer uh, out there. But, again, the way the Braves' offense is, they can certainly put up a, a run or two. Um, Orlando Arcia homered early on in the game in the second inning. Uh, Austin Riley hit his 21st home run. And don't look now, but he's homered in, what, four straight? So, again, 
Um, he's got it cooking now. You know, we've been kind of waiting for the idea of, okay, when's he going to catch fire? Because it seems like everybody else has caught some fire, but he hasn't had that stretch where you felt like that he would carry the team on his back, where he would just rake like no end, and, you know, he could carry a team for a couple few weeks. And now we're starting to see that, right? Now we're now we're getting the now we're getting the Austin Riley, you know, that we've come to know and and think the world of. But um, obviously, he's uh, he's been red hot as of late. So he's two for four with a couple of runs and two RBI in the game with the uh, two run homer. Uh, Orlando RC has got a hit with a run scored and a couple of RBI. He hit the other two run homer. Uh, Harris one for three. Uh, Ozzy has scored a run. He drew a walk and. He scored uh, a run. Ronnie's 0 for 4 with a strikeout uh, tonight. Olsen and Murphy have a hit apiece and a run scored uh, apiece. So, uh, and Marcelo Zuna has been able to drive in a couple of runs, one with a sacrifice fly and I believe one with a ground out, and uh, Braves are up 6-4 to four right now. So uh, Soroka pitched the six innings. Heller has uh, come on, so he pitched in the seventh inning. So hopefully the Braves hang on here for – for a win, and look, we talked about the idea that this was going to be a fun series. Um, you know, I'm not saying that they're evenly matched teams, but they are two division leaders, right? Like, these two teams do lead their respective divisions, and, you know, gone about it in different ways. I mean, the Brewers' offense certainly isn't what the Braves' offense is. You know, they don't they don't mash home runs at the same rate that um, that the Braves do, but, um, you know, they've, they've got, you know, obviously – Really good player. I mean, Christian Yelich, a couple of few years ago, Christian Yelich was maybe the best player in all of the National League. I mean, MVP, um, you know, he had had just some monster seasons. But, um, you know, he's had a good year, but, you know, certainly not not a great year by by any stretch. I mean, 14 homers, 54 RBI. He is hitting uh, 376. Does have 21 steals. So, you know, he was a guy that sold a lot of bases, you know, back in the old days. But, He's got uh, 21 steals on the season, 70 runs. He's hitting leadoff, by the way, too. So he's he's now their leadoff hitter, and um, uh, he's getting it done at the uh, at the top of the order. So that's what you want, right? High on base, score runs. Well, he's got a 376 on base, 70 runs scored, um, and the 50 uh, 54 RBI to go along with it. So uh, Peralta got roughed up a little bit. Five innings, six hits. Six earned runs, three walks, five strikeouts, and we talked about this at the very beginning of the show, that he had given up, I think, 16 homers in like 98 innings or something like that and was leading the league in most home runs, you know, given up in a nine, you know, over nine innings. So that was not going to bode well for him, and he gave up a couple of more homers. And that's how four of the runs scored is – is off homers because RC hit a two-run shot and Riley hit a two-run shot. So just in those two shots, just in those two hits alone, uh, those two guys drove in four combined runs. So uh, that's been Peralta's problem all year. He's given up too many home runs, but uh, that kind of caught up to him a little bit. He actually threw 97 pitches in five innings as compared to the 87 pitches that Soroka threw in six innings. And Soroka was at a pretty low pitch count coming into the – into the sixth inning. So, um, you know, maybe a little bit inning too long, but you felt like with a four-run lead, okay, can Soroka just come in and get three outs? Can he just get three more outs when 
All is said and done. Well, gave up a couple of runs to get those three outs, but still, he's out of the ball game and he's in line to get the win as of uh, right now. So we'll see if the Braves bullpen can hang on to uh, all of this um, uh, to this lead uh, out there. So uh, again, if you want to give us your thoughts, 404-726-0929 as um, we uh, are in the what are the uh, top of the eighth inning. So this game moving right along. Actually, this game didn't start first pitch until. 810 um this evening so rc is uh, sorry uh, rosario is up and uh, you know they kind of probably dodged a bullet with uh, eddie rosario you know wasn't sure whether or not he was going to be long term on an il not not necessarily long term il but he was going to be potentially maybe going to the uh, il and maybe missing a couple of weeks but um he is uh, he's been back in the lineup uh here over the last couple of nights and um again six of the next eight games will be against the Milwaukee Brewers. So three in Milwaukee and then two against the Boston Red Sox up in uh, Fenway uh, Fenway Park. And then uh, the Braves will come home and play the same Milwaukee Brewers uh, on their home field. And um, uh, Brewers have been okay at home. They've only been 26 and 21 at home on the season, but they're 11 games over 500 uh, on the year. So not quite what the... Um, not quite what the Braves have been at 62 and 33. Um, looking around baseball as well, the uh, the Mutts are in a rain delay, so they do lead Boston four to three in the uh, bottom of the fourth. And then um, uh, I think what was it? Uh, the Marlins, yeah, the Marlins got beat earlier today, so they lost six to one to the Rockies. They are in kind of free fall mode, and they're in just you know getting clobbered left and right Phillies by the way too who had been you know they had been hot over the last couple of weeks but they fell tonight to the Guardians and uh they um uh they lost six to five out there so current standings I believe that as of right now uh yes the Braves are 11 up over the Marlins and Phillies so Braves will either be if they can hang on to the lead here they'll either be 11 and a half up or they'll stay at the Ten and a half up. So Philly and Miami both lost tonight. So the Braves won't won't lose any ground on them. And we talked about this at the beginning of the show. You know, the Marlins have lost seven in a row. You know, for the Braves hiccups and for their faults and, you know, for, you know, not playing as well against Chicago and Arizona and this, that, and the other and losing a couple of series in a row and all this kind of, you know, stuff. And there was panic in the streets and all this good stuff. But, again, the Marlins and the Mets – could not take advantage of it. You know, Philly's lost three in a row now. They're four and six in their last ten. Marlins have lost seven in a row. They're two and eight in their last ten. Mutts have lost one in a row, and they're in a rain delay right now. They've lost, uh, or sorry, they, uh, they're they five and five over their last ten, while the Braves are five and five, and they have a one-game winning streak uh, by beating Arizona in that finale with, with Spencer Strider. They've only been five and five in their last ten. Mutts and Phillies and Marlins can't do anything about it. Can't do anything about it. In fact, the Marlins have, have dropped three games in the last 10 to the Atlanta Braves, and Phillies have dropped a game, and the Mutts are staying the same. So even with the, the Braves' struggles and all these kinds of things, the other teams in their division can't take advantage of it. That's why we said this thing's over, because the other teams in the division can't take advantage. Not, not only can... Not only can they not beat the Braves head-to-head, 
hence the 22-6 and record against the division that the Braves have. But when the Braves stub their toe and struggle and don't play as well, the other teams in the division can't take advantage of it. They can't do anything. They can't pick up games. They can't move up in the standings. They can And hence that the Braves lead their division by 11 games, and we'll see if that, that number holds. I mean, again, it'll be 11 and a half or, or 10 and a half when, when all is said and done. But, again, they lead their division by more than every other than, than every division leader combined. Because the Tampa Bay Rays and Orioles are tied. The Guardians are a game and a half back. The Astros are four back of the Rangers. The Reds are two and a half back of the Brewers. And the Diamondbacks are only two back of the Dodgers. So that 11-game lead that the Braves have is bigger than every other divisional race combined. How good the Braves have been, and not just how good they've been, but, again, how well they've played within their division, right? How well they've been, you know, how good they've been. Plus 145 in run differential. Phillies are plus 6. Marlins are minus 22. Mutts are minus 11, and the Nationals are minus 103. That's not going to get you real far. Not going to get you real far in, in the division when you are just getting pounded on on a nightly basis. So, um, again, even the even the Brewers are only a minus three run differential leading their division. That's because the Reds are a minus 12 run differential. The only team in that division that's a, a plus run differential is the Chicago Cubs at a plus 34. So, we'll see if the Braves can hang on here as um, they head to the bottom of the uh, inning, and um, as we said, uh, Soroka had pitched six innings. Heller had an inning, and now uh, Jimenez uh, is in the game for the Atlanta Braves. So they'll play this game all the way through, and then, you know, we'll see Iglesias in the ninth. And last time I think we saw Iglesias, it didn't didn't go as well. But, again, he, um, you know, I, I think he's got four blown saves. And you're going to have hiccups from your closers. I mean, think about the angst that Will Smith and Kenley Jansen put us through over the last couple of years, right? I mean, both of those, I mean, not one, but both of those guys put us through all kinds of angst and moments where you're just like we're putting your head in your hands and all that good kind of stuff. So, again, that's the life of a closer. Not not everybody is Dennis Eckersley in 1990. Like, there's few and far of those no guys Re- between. Uh, what's my guy from the, the Yankees? Uh, yeah, Mariano Rivera. Mariano Re- yeah. Rivera. No yeah. more of those guys. Yeah, I mean, there's very few guys that are at that level. Um, but, you know, again... It's, you have, you're going to have hiccups with your closers, right? You're going to have some struggles and things like that. Again, closers are not, you know, if you're 90% in, in, or better in closing percentage, that's the kind of the bar where you want to be. If you can be 90% closing percentage, that's where you want to be. And, and I talked to Heath Bell about this the other night. I mean, what was it, about a week or two ago, I think right before the All-Star game, that uh, he and I talked about the idea of, you know, what numbers did you look at? You know, because for a lot of guys, I mean, if you get to that magical 90% number, then you're in pretty good shape. So we'll keep you up to date as this game will finish up. Braves up right now, 6-4, to four, bottom of the eighth. Soroka in line to get the win. When we come back, 404-726-0929. Will Taylor Heineke play at all this year? Will Taylor Heineke play at all this year? 404 726 0929. We'll take your thoughts about it. I'll give you mine as well. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 929 The Game, the Odyssey.com app.
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at it, Chuck Show. Head at the top of the hour. JR Sports Brief will take over after that. Brown Liquor Music Hour rolls along. You know how we do it on Fridays. We get the dance party going. 404-726-0929. That is our phone line. It's also our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. We're opening up the phones in this segment. We are talking about the uh, Falcons a little bit earlier on in the uh, program. And uh, I'm asking the question... Do you think Taylor Heineke sees the field this year? Now, a couple of things to look at um, for Desmond Ritter. You know, Desmond Ritter was by and large a healthy quarterback, so he's had no real injury history, right? I mean, obviously he didn't have a beat-up factor from last year in just the four games that that he played, but he was not a guy that was oft injured in, uh, in his college career. So he's got that going for him. He's got that working for him, so... He's not a guy that's got injury-prone or smaller size and he puts himself in danger. He plays reckless or anything like that. I mean, he's a very smart player, very cerebral kind of player. So I don't think from an injury standpoint, and look, anything can happen in the NFL when you're a quarterback, right? Anything can happen. You know, if that, I'll say like this, if they end up putting Matt Hennessy and Drew Dahlman side-by-side, and he's got to drop back and pass, I have my concerns. I have my concerns about his well-being at that point. I, I'm i not 100% convinced that his well-being will be in good standing, you know, good standing in the community, but we'll have to see. Again, we've got, you know, plenty of time to worry about and figure that that kind of stuff out. The other part, too, is I don't think that he, and this is the important part, this is the more important part, I don't think that, Desmond Ritter is going to play so bad that they have to go to Taylor Heineke, that they have to make a substitution, that he isn't good enough to, to start in the NFL. Like, I don't I don't get any sense of any of those kinds of things when I watched him play last year. Like the for instance, the moment's not too big for Desmond Ritter. He may come from a small school, but he did miraculous things 
and he played in tough environments against really top quality teams. I mean, there are there are guys that he's going to see every single Sunday that were on those teams that played at Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, UCLA, Ohio State. Like, those are the teams that he was lining up against. I mean, I know his conference schedule, but those are the teams that he lined up against, you know, and played over the course of his college career. So it's not like he hasn't seen good competition level. And we saw with the four-game set, he got better and better every single week. That's what you want out of your quarterback. But I don't think that there's a scenario where Desmond Ritter is so bad that they have to bench him. Look, I thought that, honestly, Marcus Mariota was a guy that probably outplayed his welcome at one point. Like, he probably played too long for, you know, starting for this team because they thought that they were, they were lying to themselves thinking that they were a playoff team. They were fooling themselves into thinking that, well, we can be a playoff team. No, you can't. No, you can't. It wasn't a very good roster. It wasn't a very good quarterback and a lot of things that going along with it. But this year, I think Desmond Ritter is going to get a long leash. And why not? You know, why not? I mean, if he's either you've got to figure out over the course of an entire season, is he the future of this club? Is he a guy that can take us to the promised land and you want to re-sign him? Because, again, you can start re-signing guys after their third year in, in the league. So, again, you start thinking about the idea of, okay, is this guy we want to keep for the long term? Can he be our long-term answer at quarterback? The last guy that we had played 14 years uh, for the Falcons. So, again, you know, the track record is there for a guy to be here for, an, an I should say, an entrenched quarterback. You know, again, we won't probably know that until the season, you know, is in the books. But certainly, I definitely think that, you know, he's not going to play bad enough to warrant somebody, you know, taking his job from him, whether it's Taylor Heineke or whoever. I don't think that he's going to play bad enough that you're going to have to go to the backup quarterback. At least I hope not. I certainly hope not. I mean, again, the good news for Heineke is that he is a capable backup. He's been pressed in the duty multiples of times, but he's a capable quarterback. If you give him time, he'll pick you apart. Like most quarterbacks in the NFL, but Heineke's been pretty good. I mean, all things considered, he's been a pretty good quarterback, and you feel like if he comes into a game, you don't just fall off a cliff, right? Um, who was the guy? Um, who was Dilfer's backup um, in 2001? Um, trying to remember who who that was. Let me see here. Um, because I'll 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 know it as soon as I see see the name out there. But certainly you don't feel like the Taylor Heineke, if he has to come in and do some things, you don't feel like that he's gonna just fall off a cliff, right? That he's gonna just just collapse and that will be the uh, the end of it. Um Tony Banks. Yeah, Tony Banks was the uh was the quarterback. You know, again, uh and, and Dilfer started eight games, um, <laughs> it's funny. And, again, think about where the Ravens were in 2000, okay? They were arguably the best defense in the history of the NFL. Like, they were they were in that discussion of, okay, best single-season defense in the history of the league. Could it be the Baltimore Ravens? Tony Banks was 5-3. and three. He completed 54% of his passes with eight touchdowns and eight interceptions. Not very good. And, and he had a rating of 
but five and three, you know, and and you you feel like that Tony Banks was one of those guys that would fall off a cliff, right? And Dilfer was just good enough. Dilfer was just good enough, but Dilfer was seven and one in his eight starts. There is, again, I keep saying, there is something to winning. But you don't feel like with Taylor Heineke, it's going to be a Tony Banks type of situation where you probably aren't even going to be competitive by and large. Remember, the fact that the Ravens had arguably maybe the best defense of my lifetime um, on that squad. They were loaded. Sam Adams and, and uh, Ray Lewis and all of those guys. And obviously that was the, you know, the Ray Lewis incident at Cobalt. And um, that kind of killed Buckhead. But anyway, uh, it's another story for a- another day. But, you know, obviously you don't feel like Taylor Heineke allows you to fall off a cliff as a backup quarterback. But I, I'll i be I'll be happy if I don't see Taylor Heineke. Not that he's not a good guy or a good kid or whatever like that. I'll be happy if I don't see him. That gives you an idea that things went right with Desmond Ritter. And play the clip, Day Day, of uh, who who was that? What was the name of this guy? He's on Dukes and Bell earlier today. NFL Insider. What's his name? Matt Verderin. Matt Verderin. Yes. Matt Verderin. Ver, we got vermin's running around the studio, or what? What is that? So Matt Verderin had this to say about Desmond Ritter when he was on with Dukes and Bell. Desmond Ritter just has to be a point guard for the Falcons. That's what he has to be. They don't need him to go out there and create nonstop. They've done a nice job. Terry Fontenot has done a nice job of surrounding him with good pieces. Arthur Smith is a very creative, offensive-minded head coach. I think, he's a, I think he's a great guy to have for Ritter. And then you look at the weapons. You just mentioned a lot of them. You have Drake London in his second year. Kyle Pitts in his third year. You have the backs in Algier, and you also have, of course, Bijan coming in. That's a, that's a lot. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a lot of talent. So if you're the Falcons, and they have a pretty good offensive line, I mean, and, and a line that's been getting better, I look at them and say, my big question is defensively there's a lot of new pieces. I like the moves. I, I thought the Falcons are one of the strongest offseasons in the NFL. I think they have a shot to win that division along with New Orleans and Carolina. My big question is going to be, as you point out with Ritter, what is he? I mean, can he just make the play? Can he go into a game and go 23 of 35 for 220 and, you know, a touchdown or two? He can do that. I think the Falcons are in a really good spot. But obviously, you know, only four games, you just don't really know yet what you're going to see out of And, look, we've talked about this repeatedly on the show. The idea of, and I don't like the term, but game manager. You know, we've talked about that here, that, look, he doesn't have to get out in front of his skis and stay out there. He can manage a game and manage it effectively. And I don't think he's going to be the turnover machine that Marcus Mariota was, who was reckless at times with the football, who did not, you know, um, what I want to say, who did not, uh, you know, protect the football the way that he should have. And hence, you know, again, he probably outlived his, you know, length that he should have been here. But, you know, they were foolish enough to think that they were in the playoff hunt when all was said and done. But, again, I think Ritter can be an effective quarterback and not much. You know, now, we, we had took calls earlier. Well, what's Ritter's stat line going to be? We had some people, a couple of people that said, you know, 30, 35 touchdowns, you know, 3,500 yards. I, I hope from your last years, 
Because if he's 35 touchdowns, 3,500 yards, whatever it's going to be, that's going to put you in the MVP race. That's not going to be just a good season. That's going to get you a, a lot of MVP votes when all is said and done. Now, I don't know if he has that kind of year in him. Again, kind of some hyperbole there about, you know, well, you know, 35 touchdowns. Well, not a lot of guys touchdowns. That's a stout number. That's why you start putting up those kinds of numbers. We can have discussions about are you the MVP of the league or what have you. But I think Ritter, I don't want to say game manager, but if he's just a game manager to run things, not turn the football over, then they'll have a successful season. They'll they'll be a they'll be a good team. You know, they will be they will be good. But um, you know, again, if he if he takes a step back and really regresses and can't really get over the hump and try to win some big games, then you know, again, we'll be looking for a quarterback uh, at some point. So, and not uh, not exactly the ideal situation that you want to be in. You know, where you're trying to find the next big thing. You know, at quarterback, but it kind of is uh, what it is. Uh, are trying to wrap this uh, thing up. Uh, it is the bottom of the ninth, and uh, Kirby Yates is on uh, to close the game out. So Noah Iglesias uh, probably giving him some extra rest, but Kirby Yates uh, is on right now, and he does have a couple of outs. Uh, so hopefully this will be just a quick at bat for for the uh, Brewers player, and uh, we'll get back to uh, back to our winning ways. And yep, that's just about it. So oh no, sorry, it's two strikes on the hitter. So. But anyway, I mean, I, I don't think that there's a situation where Taylor Heineke plays. Unless you tell me it's injury, but I'm not counting on any injury. I don't think he's going to be reckless with the football. I don't think he's going to take too much. Yeah, he'll throw some deep shots because they're going to run that kind of offense. Again, they're going to get those guys out on the outside and run that kind of offense and see if you can stop it for us. So I, I, I definitely think he's going to take some shots down the field, but he's not going to be the turnover machine. Throw it into double and triple coverage. Fumble the football all over the yard. And the other thing, too, is I don't think that he – I don't think Desmond Ritter is going to run nearly as much as what some people think. Now, he may shock me and, you know, he may be a 1,000-yard runner, but I don't think he's going to run nearly as much as what some people are saying. I don't think they're going to take away his speed element of his game, but it's going to be a situation where he probably doesn't tuck it and run as much in the league. So we'll see what happens. But obviously, <clears throat> Falcons are not in the worst of shape when it comes to their quarterback duo. All right, when we come back, it'll be time for Rankum. Hit us up, 404-726-0929, at JMCH316, at the D. Lewis for real, on our personal Twitter pages, Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, and that's on the game, the Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in the Kia Studios. Now, Kirby Yates has walked a couple of guys. He's got two outs, but now he's got two guys on and uh, Perkins up at the plate, but he's uh, walked a couple of guys, and uh, he's now at a 2-2 count, so he's in danger of walking, either walking somebody or giving up another hit. But, yeah, not uh, 
not doing a good job of closing this thing out and getting it over with. So we'll keep you up to date um, as we head to the top of the hour. And I guess, uh, what do we say, Jason? Uh, Atlanta yeah, soccer Atlanta tonight. soccer tonight, women's, women's World Cup. Yep. All right. So that's coming up at uh, 11 o'clock. You used to have a little bit of fun on the weekends. We would pick Hugh's brain, pick Randy's brain. Sometimes we would give him a list of things to put in order. We decided to steal it, and we call this segment Rank Him. All right, JC. So um, the other night we were talking about that breaking news, I guess you would say, out of Vegas about them uh, searching a home for a oh, yeah, uh, connection yeah, in Tupac. Tupac, yeah. Uh, so it got me to thinking, and there's so many. I, I, it was hard for me to pick which four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but rank these unsolved uh, celebrity deaths. Um, so I, ha- I I looped Tupac and Biggie together since they're kind of – yeah, there's some They're kind of so yeah. Tupac yeah. and Biggie, Bob Crane, um, Hogan's hero, uh, yes. Hogan's heroes, yeah, Natalie Wood, because mm-hmm. that one's always been that was, uh, uh, that was it was her birthday just the other day, too. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. And then, uh, I pulled a sports one, Brian Spencer. Well, I mean, you know, Natalie Wood, Natalie Wood drowned, but she was. She was probably pushed in by Robert Wagner, her husband, at the at time. At the time, yeah. Yeah, and by the way, Christopher Walken was yep, on that he same was boat. on the boat. Yeah, so. And no um, one, no one saw how she got in the water. No, no, no. Yeah, no, nobody's ever come up with that. Um, I think Tupac and Biggie, I mean, that's that's still one of the great. And, and again, those guys have released more albums dead <laughs> than they ever did alive. So that, that's one thing. Um, I'll take um, I'll, I'll take Natalie Wood, number two. Uh, Bob Crane's an interesting story because he had a lot of personal demons, mm-hmm. um, and and I think somebody popped him. Um, yeah, I think some. I think that was. I, I think he messed with the wrong person and and woman it or whatever. Came back. And, and yeah, and they and they popped him. Um, and then who was the last one you said? Brian Spencer. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know who's Brian Spencer. He was a hockey player. Um, um, yeah, I don't even know him. So he had a lot of like, uh, t- t- like you said about no, uh, you know, Bob should, Crane, you know, a lot you know, of personal. You know, you know what demons. you should have said? Should have said Gino Hernandez. Gino Hernandez. Yeah, Which you know, one is you that? Know who Gino Hernandez is. I, I know that uh, he was. Name. He was a terrific young wrestler, and um, he he was he was in Mid South Wrestling. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, he was he was down Dallas Houston area and stuff like that. Terrific young babyface. There, there was okay. a lot. Of, there was a lot of thought that he could be a top star in WWE. Mm. Um, this was like late seventies, early eighties. Okay. And um, he was he was uh, I believe he was murdered. Um, that. They never really solved his his crime. Like they didn't. They never. Now again, he had like five times the amount of cocaine a normal person should have. But but they always said that he didn't just do that. He didn't ingest that cocaine by himself. Like he was. Yeah, I mean, he he did cocaine, but he would not have done like five times the normal amount of cocaine. So. They think it was a mob hit. I mean, that mm. that's what that's what was always been rumored. I think I so. do remember hearing about that one or yeah. like seeing it on. Yeah, uh, he was what's the show? Dark Side uh, of the Ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gino Hernandez was an, a real young and up and coming star. Like he had a lot of star power. And there was there are some people that say that. Um, oh gosh, I, 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 that there is a lot of Shawn Michaels in Gino Hernandez. Okay, like there's a lot of Shawn Michaels in in what Gino Hernandez persona was. Okay. All right, here we go. Um, talking about talking about closers earlier tonight. Rank these closers: mm-hmm. Dennis Eckersley, Mariano Rivera, Bruce oh, Sutter. They closed, they closed it out, by the way. So, uh, oh, okay, Braves good. Do win. Braves they do get win. it done. Yeah. Okay, good. And then Billy Wagner, Wagner, Suter, Eckersley. Who was the other one? Rivera, Rivera, Rivera. Uh, 
Rivera, I think, is the best closer in in, in baseball history. I'll take Eckersley number two. I'll take uh, Trevor Hoff. You said Trevor Hoffman? Sutter and Wagner. No, uh, Bruce, I'll take Bruce Suter three and Billy Wagner four on that uh, list. I, I love Bruce Suter. Um, he was um, uh, the 1977 Cy Young Award winner for the was it the Cubs. He was for the Cubs before he went to the Cardinals. He pitched for the. Uh, he was with the Chicago Cubs. And I think he won the Cy Young in like '77. Okay. So. All right. You want to hit a couple of Twitters and uh, uh, text yeah, guys yeah, we before several, we get to streaming? Yep. Several that are coming in. Um, uh, let's see here from our buddy Marco. Methods of maintaining wellness: uh, stretching, yoga, massage therapy, sauna, steam. Cold plunge, ice bath. Well, I'm all about sauna and steam. I love, I love steam rooms. Um, that's one. I would like to get into stretching and yoga. I would like to really get into yoga. I would love to do DDP yoga. Um, you know they have a good yoga thing on Wednesdays here. Yeah. Have you ever seen it when you get here on Wednesdays? They yeah. usually do and, it right and, down there. And I can wave to them from the studio when we're working. <laughs> no, they. What time do they start? I like thought they six start. or six thirty. Uh, they start yeah. right before. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. They used to be right down here. They used to be right down here on, on that, the in the in the. But now then got so big. Area. Yeah. Well, I think they do it on the roof too, don't they? Didn't they do some on the roof or whatever? <sighs> I don't know. I've only seen it's, it it's out an there. E- it's an evening time thing. Right. So okay. Again, gotcha. When do we work? Yeah. In the uh, evening. Okay. All right. <laughs> um. So that that would be number two, um, massage. Well, yeah, I'll I'll go massage therapy three, and there's no chance I'm doing an ice bath. Um, <laughs> for my buddy Alvy Cohen, um, rank these update guys: Kurt Loader, Norm McDonald, Van Earl Wright, John Jeffries. Um, I will go Norm McDonald because I love Norm McDonald. Uh, I will go Van Earl Wright number two. I'll take my friend John Jeffries number three. And I was not a big Kurt Loader fan. He was he just was too stiff. Like yeah. a, a stiff Ola. Uh, <laughs> rank these uh, songs from our buddy Rusty. TLC's Creep, Destiny Child, Say My Name, SWV, Don't Let Go, Tony Braxton, You're Making Me High. Um, Destiny's Child all the way. Say really? My, yeah, say Over my name Creep? Is, yeah, Say My Name is fantastic. It's a fantastic song. <sighs> I like I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to really shock you here. Uh, Destiny's Child, number one. Don't Let Go by SWV, number two. Creep, then number three. Wow. And you're making me high, number four. Uh, I probably would have put Creep one, SWV two. And that's why it's my list. (laughs) Um, From the real Matt Ryan, rank uh, these at their peaks. Albert Bell, Juan Gonzalez, Larry Walker, Manny Ramirez. Oh, Albert Bell. Yeah. I mean, Albert Bell was the best player in baseball for a few years. He was mm-hmm. he was the ultimate run producer. He got screwed in the 1995 MVP voting. He was screwed by Mo Vaughn. I mean, it wasn't Mo Vaughn's fault, right. but the writers screwed him over because they didn't like they did not like Albert Bell. He he was again not a popular player. Right. Um, he was a, he was and look even to fans. I I watched Albert Bell play Double A baseball. I was there when Double A when he was playing Double A baseball for the Canton Akron Indians mm-hmm. at Thurman Munson Memorial Stadium. I was right there in downtown Canton watching him play and Jim Tomey. I was watching those two guys play in double-A baseball. Albert Bell was an a-hole then. <laughs> so, again, he was an a-hole at LSU. He was an a-hole in minor league baseball. He was an a-hole in major league baseball. <laughs> so, Albert Bell would be one. Um, Larry Walker. I think Larry Walker is one of the more underrated players in baseball history. Number two, Manny Ramirez was the ultimate mash guy. He was the ultimate just mash, sea ball, mash ball. And uh, Juan Gonzalez, number four. Juan Gonzalez. A good player, but he didn't do a whole lot of other things really well. Mm-hmm. So um, not not very good in the field and different things like that. Uh, let's see here. 
Rank these uh, face styles you don't mind wearing. Clean shave, baby face, goatee, goatee, I should say, goatee, full beard, or big old mustache. Well, I wear the goatee, so that that's number one for me. Um, full beard, I'll go. I, I have worn full beard before when I was dating this this girl that wanted me to wear a full beard. I did. I wore a full beard. Um, clean shaven would be number three, and I just can't pull off the big old mustache. I just don't really <laughs> like that that look of anything. So. Rank these old uh, radio stations from my buddy Rusty. V103, B98.5, Star 94, 96 Rock. Um, I was always partial to 96 Rock. Um, Southside Steve Southside and, and the Rude Steve. Awakening. And, you know, that 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 whole show, uh, uh, Beth and uh, Beth Hallman. Kippel. Yep, I mean, I was I was a big fan of the uh, the Rude Awakening. So that would be number one. Um, I love Steve and Vicky. Um, Vicky went to the same high school I did. Oh, wow. um, So we weren't in the same age group, but, right. I mean, she went to the same high school. That I did, so that would be number two. Um, you know, again, if, if it's B98.5 or V103, I take B98.5 because, again, they had the dance party on Saturday. Right. They had, they had, um, oh gosh, who was the guy that hosted the dance party on Saturday nights? But, but that was my soundtrack on Saturday night was the dance party, and then V103. Um, Heather's say Numbers fire, say anything. Uh, and less than zero. Well, I take less than zero because I think that's Robert Downey. I think Robert Downey Jr.'s best performance ever, mm-hmm. ever, is in less than zero. Yeah. He was magnificent as Julian in that film. Um, I'll take St. Elmo's Fire 4 because that movie is not very good. I'll take, I don't even know what the other two are. Uh, Heathers was uh, Christian Slater, is that his name? Okay. Christian Slater and Winona Ryder were in that one. All right, I'll take that one three. Uh, and say anything. I don't even know what it is. But I'll yeah, take I don't two. know about saying. I'll anything. take less than zero one and Saint Elmo's Fire four, and then you can fight for the other two. You didn't like Saint Elmo's Fire. I didn't like Saint Elmo's Fire. I what? think it was a very good movie. It was just kind of dopey. Like those, the, all those people that were in that movie were just. Dopey. That was the, that was one of the last ones where kind of that little crew of actors and actresses. Well, that was were that was the that was Ali the, Sheedy. They called them the Brat Pack. Yeah, the Brat I mean, that, Pack. That's the yeah. Brat Pack. I mean, yeah. that, that's what that is. That but, was I mean, one of their last ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was you know again Rob uh, Rob, Rob Lowe, Lowe um, Ali Sheedy. Uh, what's her name? Um, Bruce Willis's old, old wife. Um, Bruce Willis's former wife, Demi oh, Moore. Oh, Demi, Demi Moore. Yeah, Demi yeah. Moore. Yeah, I mean the soundtrack was good. I mean, yeah. but the movie wasn't very good. So that was very overrated movie. But Less Than Zero, Less Than Zero is not a very fun movie. It's not a very good movie. But Robert Downey Jr.'s best performance is in Less Than Zero. It's also ironically that that was kind of around the time things went downhill for him as far as all his. Well, he, uh, he, he calls it the Ghost of Christmas Future, right? Because eventually he would get into all, all of that this kind stuff, of lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. But he was he was magnificent. Yeah. And, and James Spader was the ultimate ultimate you know d bag. I mean, mm-hmm. he was the ultimate guy. So all right, very quickly, give me one. Uh, all right, we're gonna get yeah, out of let's here. get out of here. All right, all right, Kendra K E N K E N D R A. Lust. Oh, I know that. Huh? You know that one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's, she's going to be number one. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. This one, I, it's uh, Steph, S-T-E-P-H, mm-hmm. J. J-A-Y? No, just the letter J. Okay. I'm sorry. And then Rainer, yeah. R-A-Y-N-E-R. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. All right. Got her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. The Angela White. Oh, I know who Angela White is. You know so, that one, too? Yeah, okay. I know that one, too. She's right. going to be number two. And then Darth, like Darth Vader, Darth mm-hmm. Lux, L-U-X. L-U-X. I believe I know her uh, as well. Oops, sorry. Darth. Forgot to put the uh, 
Have to put the. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Kendra Lust one, Angela White two. I'll take Darth Lux three, <laughs> and I'll take uh, Stephanie Rayner or Jay Rayner, whatever she is, uh, number four. <laughs> uh, Kendra Lust and Angela White are phenomenal. Anyway, we got to get out of here. <laughs> That's ranking for a Friday night. We'll wrap it up with the Love TKO up next. Chuck Reed, the Key Studios, Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.